It's that time, the Betting Predators Podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter at SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by stats and analytics guru Dan Rivera. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, at Dan Rivera. And we also have Jay Smoove in the house. You guys can find him on Twitter as well, at Smoove underscore 702. And you can find us all on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, guys, here we go. NFL Week 4, Smoove, Dan, myself, we're going to go ahead. We're going to cut out eight games. Uncle Dave and Steve, we went ahead. We did five, so we've got eight left here on the card for Sunday. Guys, we're going to go ahead. We're going to start it out here. Washington football team, they're going to be at Atlanta. Atlanta right now, plus one and a half. Total 47 and a half. Dan, I'm going to go ahead and start out with you with this one. How are you feeling about that Washington-Atlanta game? I actually like Washington football team this week, and we're pretty much betting them to win the game at minus one or minus one and a half, depending where you bet them. I don't know what this Falcons team is as a whole, and particularly on offense. I know this is a team who is not drafted well. They traded away Julio Jones. Arthur Smith was supposed to come in, be this kind of, you know, just this dude who really makes this offense a go. Kyle Pitts, fourth overall, going to be a monster, the next great rookie. and He hasn't done much at all this year. The Falcons themselves have put up 6, 25, and 17 points so far. That is against the Eagles, who turns out isn't very good. 25 points against the Bucks and 17 last week to the Giants, who you could argue they should have lost, but luckily they were able to win that game. They got their one win. For the Washington football team, unfortunately, a lot of people have finally caught up now to the fact that this defense I thought was overrated coming into the year. They benefited last year from a pretty easy schedule. But overall, I still think the Washington football team, top to bottom, is just a better team. I cannot back the Falcons until they show me they can put a whole game or three-fourths of a game together where they look pretty good on offense and defense. So to me, I like Washington football team to win the game. All right, so there's Dan. He's going to go ahead. He's going to play Washington. I worry about them a little bit, Dan, just because – the defense hasn't looked good. Uh, you do have Heineke in there. You have to wonder if he's going to come down to earth and become the quarterback that he's going to be. I cannot trust Atlanta one bit. I just can't. I can't trust Matt Ryan right now. I think there's a lot of things that that offense needs to do to get rolling, and I really haven't seen it yet. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to play Atlanta under their team total of 23 and a half. Reason being, I want to buy as low as possible when I can go ahead and and buy something low. And I think that right now, everybody's extremely low on the Washington football team's defense. If there's going to be a game that they can go ahead and step up where they need to step up, it's going to be this game. Atlanta doesn't have exactly the strongest running attack. And with the way that Matt Ryan has looked with some of the new pieces, I mean, Russell Gage was out for a little bit. You know, he's probably still getting used to Kyle Pitts. And one of the things that teams have been doing is trying to double up on Ridley. And that seems like it's causing Matt Ryan a little bit of hesitation on where he wants to go and what he's going to do. And then the running attack, you know, it's it's a mixture of Cordell Patterson and and Mike Davis. So you don't know what you're going to get there. But all the talk is about how bad Washington has been on defense. And coming into the year, I had Washington as a number three ranked defense. I could sit here now and tell you I was wrong with that. And right now, I probably have them around ninth or 10th. I still have faith in this team. So I think that they have to go ahead and have an all-in effort here. They have to win this game. They have to get back in the win column. And it all is going to start with their defense. So I think their defense shows up. I think they throw a lot of pressure at Ryan that he's not going to be able to handle. 
So instead of me taking Washington or instead of me going ahead and betting on the total in this game, I feel like probably the best bet for me, at least value-wise, where I can buy low, is to go ahead and play Atlanta under the 23.5 points. So that's what I'm going to do there. Smooth, not sure if you have anything for Washington Atlanta. What do you got? Yeah, it's a game I passed on. Not much confidence in either team. Uh, Washington this year going up against better quarterbacks. The defense is kind of getting exposed. I backed them last week against Buffalo, and they just got blew out. And I agree with you, you know, on your points against Atlanta. Just can't trust them. You know, Matt Ryan looks like he's, you know, well over the hill and on his way out of the league, you know, not being able to, um, you know, do what he needs to do on the offensive side of the ball like we've seen him do with Kyle Shanahan. So, yeah, this is a game I just passed. Not a good feel for either side. So, uh, I would just pass. I just passed this game. You made a good point there, Smoovin. You know, a little bit that you said there, but you made a good point. These two teams are hard to trust right now, and they're hard to kind of get a gauge on. So what do you do, you know, when, when you get – like you don't have to bet this game. Like there's a lot of games out there that you can bet, and there's a lot of bets you can make. And like I said, the only reason why I like that, you know, Atlanta team total under is because I feel the, the you know, the, the value lies with, you know, a team that's being beat up right now in the media, the Washington defense. So that's why I went that way, which I typically don't do. You know, you guys listen to me all the time. I typically don't go ahead and take derivatives, but, you know, I'm going to buy low on that Washington defense and hope that they go ahead and show up. Here's a team that probably uh, is going to have trouble showing up. It might be Houston. They're going to be on the road here. They're going to be at Buffalo. Buffalo laying a monster number here, minus 16. Total on this one, 47. Smooth, I'll go ahead. I'll throw it over to you. Houston, Buffalo, what are you thinking? This is a game I actually liked, and I like Houston. Uh, with the points, I got it at 17 before it started dropping a little bit. Um, you know, Buffalo, you know, he looked really great last week. So I think this could be a little bit of a, a, a look-ahead spot with them playing the Chiefs next week, a team that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. And with, just, with them just playing, you know, two really good games, going back to beating Miami 35 nothing, and then, you know, beating down Washington last week, I think they're feeling really good about themselves. And they look at a, a team like the Texans, who was, you know, one of the you know, have one of the best, worst odds of being, you know, one of the worst teams in the league. But, you know, the Texans have actually, you know, played pretty well, you know, covered, you know, two out of their first three games, uh, winning winning one of those against the Jags. And, um, you know, going back to their game last week against the Panthers, it was a little bit of a tough spot, you know, with uh, losing Tyrod Taylor and throwing in Davis Mills on a short week uh, with less preparation to deal with a Carolina team that's, has a really good defense, but uh, he was able to move the ball a little bit, but just not been not able to turn you know those yards into points. But you know, going up against a, a Bills team, like I said, I think they're going to look past them a little bit to next week. I think they'll have some opportunities to move the ball and uh, put up a few points and stay well within you know the number of seventeen. You know, also uh, Publix all over Buffalo as well. So I'll play the contrarian spot and uh, take Texans with the points. You know, the problem with laying that kind of a number is it always leaves the back door open. You could be up by 24 points and, you know, there goes a, a touchdown that, you know, they don't care about stopping. Uh, that's the problem with laying the, that amount of points. And it takes, you know, it takes a little bit of uh, you know, it takes a little bit of time to get that kind of margin, you know, in the NFL. So I wouldn't lay the points here with Buffalo. I wouldn't take them either with Houston. Davis Mills, he came in game one. And to be honest with you, I broke down a lot of things with him and I thought he looked far better than what the stats in front of me were telling me. I worry that if the stats are right, and maybe it was just one of those games where 
the team lifted him up and he just came in and he was like, look, this is my one chance to, you know, do something great. And he over, you know, he played over his head. Um, well then great. But the stats told me that this guy could be absolutely terrible. So I have to avoid that. I'm going to pass this game. I'll probably look at some player props for this particular game. But for me, it's a pass. Dan, I'm not sure if you have anything for Houston Buffalo. What are you thinking? Oh, lean Houston. I know Davis Mills got that bad rapport after Panthers last week, but he was on that five days of rest, five days of prep for a rookie third round QB. So I don't think he could have looked much worse. He gets some extra time to actually prep. Now you're the bills. You're in that look ahead spot. I don't want to be laying 16, 17 points only week four of the year. So I'll lean Texans, but I don't want anything to do with the bills. All right. Well, there you go. At least nobody's taking the bills here. You know, taking that big number. I have a feeling that the next game we're going to talk about Detroit-Chicago. You're going to have a lot of people thinking that they're sharp by taking the Detroit Lions. I have a feeling that that could be one of the maybe one of the sucker bets of the week, believe it or not. Chicago's going to be minus 2.5 points at home. Total's going to be 42. We saw Justin Fields last week. He got absolutely clobbered. I think he was sacked nine times against Cleveland. But this isn't Cleveland. This is Detroit. And we know what Detroit does. The teams find ways to go ahead and beat that team. Go back to last week, Justin Tucker hit you know, NFL record 66 yards. Here's something that I do want to bring up. I don't have a particular wager for this game. My first knee-jerk reaction, take Detroit. They've been battling. They've been fighting. Chicago hasn't looked all that good. But my gut feeling says that that's wrong. But I do want to bring something up. Everybody's roasting Matt Nagy. And they're like, oh, you know, he shouldn't have started Andy Dalton. He should have had Fields in there. And then it's, you know, people are contradicting, uh, you know, with the decisions that the people are having a problem with the decisions that he made. Here's the, the, the truth to it all. He either should have started him from the beginning of the season and just let him look terribly bad, you know, through the first couple games. But I believe Nagy has a heart. He didn't want to see Fields go out there, look absolutely terrible, uh, run the risk of getting hurt because we saw what happened last week. So in my opinion, Nagy did the right thing by not putting Fields out there. Just trying to, you know, just say in general, I don't think Matt Nagy was wrong for holding Fields out, you know, for, you know, the, the, all those games in the beginning of the year there. So Fields doesn't look ready. So, I mean, it's hard for me to back a team like Detroit on the road, and it's hard for me to back a team where I know that the quarterback's not ready. So I'm passing. No feel on the total. Dan, I'll throw it over to you. Detroit, Chicago, what do you got? If Andy Dalton was healthy, I would have bet the Bears minus two and a half. I just don't know who's starting for QB for the Bears this week. It could be Dalton. It could be Fields. Long shot, Nick Foles. I watched a lot of that Lions game last week. They were unlucky with that field goal because the play before the time was clearly expired. There's probably about a second and a half of game time versus when the ball was snapped when it hit 0-0. But the Lions were also lucky to be in that situation to start with because Hollywood Brown had a couple of touchdown drops. And if he catches those, that's a that's a blowout for the Ravens with all those issues last week. So you can argue either or side right now. I just can't back either team at this number with the Bears not having a real QB and the Lions having their hearts ripped out. So I'll lean Bears, but I want nothing to do with either side right now. All right, smooth throw it over to you. Detroit, Chicago, what are you thinking? Yeah, this is another game I, I passed. Didn't want nothing to do with either side. Um, I know watching Detroit, you know, for the first few weeks, 
they've been, you know, pretty scrappy and playing pretty hard. But you look in the second half, they just fall fall apart and, you know, kind of disappear. Um, not being able to score points, you know, outside of, you know, the first week where they kind of just rallied, you know, with a minute and some change left against San Francisco and kind of, you know, gave San Francisco a little bit of a scare. But, you know, talking a little bit more about the Bears and Justin Fields, um, I backed them last week thinking that Matt Nagy would have had a better uh, game plan around Justin Fields' uh, skill set, but it was the complete opposite. And, you know, like you like you mentioned, uh, Sleepy, him getting sacked nine times, um, there was just no type of, you know, adjustments or what I thought that, you know, Matt Nagy would have him do uh, opposite of a, a game plan for Andy Dalton um, just didn't take place. So, yeah, he might not have looked ready, but it's also some – some responsibility on the head coach to to get him ready and have a game plan designed around uh, around your quarterback other than him trying to fit your quarterback into what you want to do. Like we've seen some of these other, you know, coaches with young quarterbacks be success, more successful than that. So um, with him, there's a reason why he has the, you know, the highest odds of, of first coach being fired. And I think it was show last week. So, you know, just for that simple fact with, you know, kind of like, uh, having an opinion for, you know, the Washington and, and Atlanta game, kind of feel the same way about this matchup. So it, it's another pass for me. I'll say this. If Matt Nagy wants to avoid being fired, he puts Justin Fields right back on the field again. Because if he goes out there and he looks just as bad as he did last week, everybody could say, guess what? You know, Matt Nagy was right. If they bring Dalton back the week after and they get a win or two, that could save his job. But if he goes back to Andy Dalton now, and they lose against Detroit, which is going to be a really bad loss. And then it's just like, all right, this guy is just a mess. The whole team's a mess. we got to get him out of here. He at least has to get something right. And I think going ahead and putting fields out there, not on purpose to look bad or get killed, um, you know, was the way to go. But, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. Let's jump over to Carolina. Let's jump over to Dallas. Dallas is going to be minus four. Uh, total of 50 and a half. Carolina comes in this one undefeated. I'm kind of on the fence with this one. I want to hear what you guys have to say. I don't have a particular wager, but I do have a couple of leans. Dan, I'll throw it over to you first. Panthers, Cowboys, what do you got? I am also on the fence. Sleepy, you are an NFC East fan. You've been alive longer than I have. Same for you, Smooth. The Cowboys go out and look fantastic. Would it be the most Cowboys thing possible if they go out and lose this game by 10 or 15 points. I would not be surprised after looking so awesome. I did find a trend courtesy of picks with Clars 24. He sent me teams coming off five days of rest versus an opponent coming off nine days of rest. That team with five days of rest, the Cowboys in the situation are 19 and 24 against the spread. If you take that trend a step further and only look at home teams, they're only nine and 13. Sleepy, I know you heard me talk about this. I was very high on the Panthers coming into the year. All the Sam Darnold hate. I thought they were just being haters. But this is a game where I want nothing to do with the Panthers either. The Panthers lost Christian McCaffrey last week. They lost J.C. Horn, their first-round pick out of South Carolina. Nice rookie. They do bring in C.J. Henderson a top 10 pick a couple of years ago out of the University of Florida since the Jaguars got rid of him for some odd reason. So I don't know if he'll be ready. C.J. Henderson was a nice prospect coming out, but he got traded for a reason, so I don't know where he's at in this game. I just think the Cowboys 
and Panthers are just two totally opposite teams right now. The Panthers play really slow while the Cowboys play really fast. The Panthers have played a joke of a schedule so far, and that's why I liked them so much coming into the year was that first month was a complete joke. The Cowboys themselves, they looked good against the Bucks. They probably could have lost to the Chargers if the Chargers don't butcher it. And then they looked awesome against the Eagles. So I am on the fence, and I can argue either side right now for the spread. But one thing I do like in this game is one of those, what you call sleepy, a goofy pick. I like the Cowboys' first half team total over 13.5 points, past that 14. The Cowboys are 7-1 and one over this number, and Dak's last eight starts. If you go back to last year, he got hurt week five versus the Giants. So I think the Cowboys are going to come out and score some points. I don't trust the Panthers' defense just because that schedule is once again a joke and missing some key players. So I'll play the Cowboys' team total over 13.5 points. That was on DraftKings when I looked at that number. All right, solid stuff there from Dan. How about you, Smooth? How are you feeling about that game? I don't like either side. Um, if Christian McCaffrey was healthy, I would uh, lean towards the Panthers. But since he's out, I would pass on the side in the total. But I would look towards, you know, Sam Darnold uh, prop uh, over 267 and a half uh, passing yards. You can find that right now on, on DraftKings. And, you know, going back to the uh, Monday night matchup with the Eagles and Cowboys, um, I was on the side of the Eagles uh, assume, thinking that just uh, Jalen Hurts would have a, a better, you know, day passing the ball because of how bad the Dallas secondary was. And there was a lot of opportunities for him to to make plays. And he made some, but he missed on a lot of, you know, some ones that uh, he should have hit, uh, some easy ones and, you know, just some, some easier reads and some easier throws. But a guy like Sam Darnold, who's a, a better passer, and, you know, better at just, you know, processing reads and making reads. Uh, I think he'll he'll be able to take advantage more of a Dallas secondary that's, you know, still not that still's not that good. So, um, yeah, with, with also with Christian McCaffrey being out, you know, I think they're going to look to throw a little bit more in the air. And 267 and a half seems a little low. Um, so I would look for it to the Sam Darnold prop over his passing yards. No, I don't hate that one, Smooth. I have a feeling that. I have a feeling that Philly made Dallas's defense look better than it is. Now, I'll give credit where credit's due. Uh, Dallas has a couple guys on that defense that are young, that stepped up. Uh, Parsons, Diggs, uh, they played really well against that game against Philly. I will tell you one of the problems again with Philly. I had to rewatch the game. Jalen Hurts constantly throws the ball behind his receivers. Take a look at the size of all the players. I, I guarantee you, if you collectively take the quarterback and four receivers from Philadelphia – there was not another team in the NFL that's as small as those guys. Jalen Hurts is 6'1". He's got two wide receivers that are six foot, and he's got two more that are both 5'11". So that team is just massively undersized at the skill position. I don't know how they see over the offensive line, let alone the defensive line. Um, there's guys on the Philly line that are 6'6", six, 6'8". Six, six, uh, there's guys that are 6'5". So I have a feeling that he can't see them and they can't see him. And when he does finally go ahead and spot them, He's whipping the ball, but these guys are so fast. We talked about how the, how fast these guys were that he's just a tick or two behind, and he's constantly throwing the ball behind. You guys can go back and look, you know, week one, two, three, and take a notice of how many times Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball, you know, behind his receivers, and I don't think that they're going to be able to clean that up, but that's, you know, a topic for another day. As far as this game goes, you know, I, I kind of lean to Carolina. I think there's plenty of offense there, and the fact that you like the overpassing there, Smooth, um, it tells me that maybe I could go ahead and attack some of the 
the wide receiver props. One thing I know about Darnold, he likes to lock in on his first guy, and it's been DJ Moore. So DJ Moore right now, 77 and a half passing yards, receiving yards on DraftKings. I would probably look to play that over. I'd look for a better number, obviously. Uh, right now his catches are lined at six and a half. But if Darnold ends up with, uh, you know, locking in on one guy, um, there's a really good chance that somebody like DJ Moore, you know, could get loose for a long bomb because he just doesn't play, you know, in the slot or, or you know, the the X, X receiver or the Y receiver. Um, he, he's, he can go anywhere that he needs to go. So he's going to find matchups. Darnold's going to find matchups with him, but Darnold will lock on to him and probably end up, you know, getting over the getting over the head of Dallas on a couple of those plays. So that's what I would look at. Slight lean to Carolina in that game. Let's jump over to our next one here. Let's talk about Indianapolis and Miami. Miami, they're going to be minus one and a half, minus two. We have a total of 42 and a half. Smooth throw it over to you first. What are you thinking? Yeah, I like and I bet the Dolphins at minus one and a half. You know, they responded really well after, you know, coming off a 35 to nothing loss, you know, to the Bills. But, you know, that was a putting it into context, you know, two of their starting, you know, projected starting quarterback, you know, got hurt really early into that into that game. And, you know, once he went out, you know, it was just a, like a scramble mode throwing Jacoby Brissett in there who didn't take any, you know, uh, reps in practice with the ones. And, you know, he really couldn't move the ball uh, down the field through the air. And it just got, you know, beat pretty good. And so they had a, you know, really good bounce back effort against the Raiders, even though they got out to a 14 nothing lead. Um, wasn't able to, you know, ride that out to a win, but they still battled back and went into overtime and had some opportunities to win that game. I think they're the better team coming into this matchup with the Colts. I know uh, me and Sleepy, you know, we were pretty high on the Colts coming into the season, but I just think with some injuries to some key guys on the offensive line um, and Carson Wentz and some of their skill, uh, wide receiver skill positions, this kind of killed their momentum coming into the season, and they had a a pretty tough schedule to start the season out as is. And uh, I think the, the, the Dolphins, you know, they're a little bit better team, uh, a little bit more disciplined team, well-coached team. So um, at this short of a number with, you know, majority of the public, you know, back in, you know, the Colts, um, I'll take the Dolphins, you know, at home on a short number. All right. So they're smooth. They're going to go ahead back Miami at home. Uh, smooth. I would probably be in line with you here. I would probably take Miami on the money line. I think this one could be close. I personally just hate laying one and a half or two just because you see a lot of those one-point games and then you're just like, man, I wish I took them on the money line. So I'd rather just take them on the money line and and feel you know a little bit more comfortable. I think Miami's defense is probably going to show up in this particular game. Uh, Indy just have a, you know, they have a, a couple injuries that, that are worrisome that are probably going to hold them back. Indy's your team, Dan. How are you feeling about them going on the road this week? Well, I faded them again for the fourth week in a row. It comes down to who's playing for the Colts this week. Quinton Nelson, their star left guard, he's probably out. It doesn't sound very positive coming from Frank Wright. Their right tackle, Brandon Smith, he missed the last week and a half or so. Missed part of the Rams game. He's probably out. I don't know what his status is. So if he does play, is he 100%? Really don't know. Darius Leonard, once again, is on the injury report for an ankle. He was on the injury report last week for the same injury, but he played. And if you just go and start looking at the Colts injury report week in and week out, this team looks like it's 14, 15, 16 weeks in. And I know Carson Wentz gets a bad 
rap. He has his issues. I know that. He has the bum ankles. But what is his true issues right now with this team? It is constant pressure. Every time he's snapping the ball anymore, there's dudes just constantly getting back there so quickly. Sleepy, I said it last week. I'll say it again. You and I had a discussion in the offseason. You were optimistic, so was I, about Carson Wentz because his issues in Philly were pressure. Well, once again, he has to deal with pressure. So until his Colts O-line gets healthy, I don't know if I can back Carson Wentz and the Colts anytime soon. But I will tell you this. The Colts are getting really close to bodying out in terms of the market perception. So if the Colts are 0-4, 1-4, 1-5, 1-6, on team for me in the next couple weeks. Just because everyone doesn't want to deal with them, they're going to be like, oh, the Colts stink. Carson Wentz is terrible. What is Frank Wright and Chris Ballard doing? So I'm going to fade the Colts again this week. I think the Dolphins are just a better team right now. But I'm going to be back in them very soon. So I'm going to move on this one. I'll play the Dolphins one and a half. All right. So we all kind of align on that one. So nobody wants any part of the Colts for that particular game. Let's jump over to Giants and New Orleans. New Orleans, they'll be back home finally. They're going to be laying seven and a half points here to the winless Giants. Got a total of 41 and a half. I'm not sure what to do in this game. I originally lean Giants and I'll take the seven and a half points. I feel like that team being 0-3 is probably being disrespected a lot. So maybe there's some value within the number. But what gives me a lot of caution from laying anything more than a pizza bet on the Giants is the fact that New Orleans is coming off of, uh, I I don't want to say a lackluster game, but it it wasn't their their greatest-looking game. But they will be back home at the Superdome finally. And I think that this is kind of a a real true home opener. Those fans are probably going to be, you know, riled up. And we know how well that that team plays in that building. So it's a pizza bet for me just because of the number. I feel that there's value in the number. And maybe maybe New Orleans is still being a little bit overrated because of how they looked in week one against the Packers. So small pizza bet for me on the Giants. I'll take the seven and a half points. Smooth, how are you feeling about the Giants and Saints? Yeah, I like and bet the Giants also at plus eight. Um, I was still bladed at seven and a half, seven. And I just think that um, the public perception of the Saints um, is a little bit uh, overrated, given how they started, you know, week one out with a blowout win over the Packers and, you know, the win that they had, you know, last week over the Patriots. And um, they have the, you know, number one rated, you know, offense when it comes to yards per point. But that has to do a lot more with, you know, their defense, giving them a lot of short fields. Um, in you know, in a lot of different situations, particularly in those two games, but when they played against a, a average to above average team in the Panthers, you know they they struggled and lost by nineteen. So I would throw the Giants kind of in that same you know that same bracket of teams, maybe a, a tier below uh, the Panthers right now. You know they've actually played pretty well. You know despite being zero and three, they could just as well easily be two and one if if they don't have a defensive lineman jump off sides in that Washington game for that uh, field goal towards at the end. And then uh, last week against the Falcons as a three-point favorite, you know, they were up seven without about a minute left. And, you know, they could have ended the Falcons' drive to tie the game up. Um, Matt Ryan throws the ball right to Dory Jackson in the end zone, and he just drops a pretty easy pick that could have sealed the game. And, you know, Falcons turn around and score and end up, you know, taking the win. But, um, they could easily just be, you know, 
two and one versus zero and three. Um, I think this number is a little bit too high. Uh, I think the public is going to be all over, you know, the Saints, and they just been traveling a little bit too much. Uh, they spent, you know, um, a lot of time on the road, and you know, coming off of two straight, you know, uh, road games. Um, so I think that could be a little uh, sluggish to start to start this game out. And Daniel Jones has been playing, you know, pretty decent. So uh, I'll take the Giants with the points, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got this win outright either. All right, so they're smooth. Going to go ahead and back the Giants. Pretty good handicap there. Smooth convinced me that at least my pizza bet uh, might be the way to go in that one. Let's jump over to Tennessee and the New York Jets. The Jets right now, uh, absolutely miserable team. Uh, 0-3, couldn't put a point on the board last week. They got shut out on the road in Denver. Uh, they got beat 26 to nothing. Jets are going to be catching a decent number here, though, at home. Jets will be getting plus seven. We have a total of 44. Dan, I'll go ahead. I'll throw it over to you. You know Tennessee probably better than all of us here. So Tennessee, Jets, how are you feeling about that one? I actually lean the Jets, and I almost went to bet them. But my issue is always backing these just bad teams with no direction. The Jets have played Carolina, Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and now the Denver Broncos. I know I said earlier Carolina has a good defense according to stats despite the week schedule. But those are three pretty solid defenses about four weeks into the season. What do the Jets struggle with? Pressure rate. What don't the Titans do? Get pressure. The Titans themselves have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones with hamstring injuries right now. And it's one of those soft tissue injuries similar to T.J. Watt and his groin where I don't like backing them because it's pretty easy especially for a hamstring for a cornerback or a wide receiver to re-injure themselves in the game because of those fast twitch muscles. So the Titans really can't take advantage of that Jets defense. And the Jets defense has actually been pretty okay, despite their offense being more than lackluster right now. They're pretty solid against the run to average. And what are the Titans going to want to do this game? They're going to want to run with Derrick Henry, which I think makes them extremely predictable because A.J. Brown is probably out this game, or for sure not 100%. And Julio Jones is getting up there in age where you see injuries start occurring more and more. So I don't know who the Titans are going to be really throwing it to. So with the Jets' defense and them not looking much worse, I think you got to either take the Jets or pass. Because at seven, seven and a half points, or using the Jets in the teaser, do the Titans want to win this game, or do they want to cover? I think the Titans just want to come in, get an easy, or not an easy, they would rather take the close win and get out. So at seven or a teaser, I think it's Jets or pass for this game. So I'll lean Jets. All right, solid handicap there, Dan. I think you made a lot of uh, a lot of compelling arguments. How about you, Smooth? How are you feeling about the Titans and Jets? Yeah, there was a few games I passed this week, and this is another one of those games. Um, you know, the Titans – I like the Titans, but they're dealing with some injuries. Uh, A.J. Brown could miss this game. And, you know, he's, you know, the number one receiver, Julio Jones. I think he was a little bit banged up, too. Um, And just talking a little bit about the Jets, man, they um, they just look terrible, man. They ranked dead last in yards per point and third to last in yards per play. Um, I know Zach Wilson going back to preseason, he looked really good, but – this isn't preseason anymore, and he's been going up against a tough stretch of teams, whether it's some, some good defensive teams or some playoff teams from a year ago. 
And, you know, he's just just not getting the job done right now. There's no knock on him. You know, he's a rookie quarterback on a young team with a new coaching staff. And you just look across the league right now, uh, rookie quarterbacks are 0-9 when they're not going up against other rookie quarterbacks. And it's a little bit surprising to see that the offense is struggling as much as it is, given that uh, some of that staff came over from the 49ers and they're, you know, trying to run some of that system that the 49ers run there. But the Jets right now, they just don't have the personnel or enough of the talent to be successful running that system. So um, as long as the Jets keep running out, uh, their offense keeps running out against some pretty average to above average defenses, I think they'll continue to look like this. So um, this would be a pass for me. I kind of want to go ahead and play the Jets team total over. I think that we're getting value. Yeah, we're getting value in the line, but if you could find a 16 and a half out there, I would probably go ahead and play that over for the Jets. If the Jets are going to have any success, it's going to be at home in a situation where this has to be their home run shot game. If they go out and lose this game, it's now 0-4. The season's lost. Their quarterback sucks. Their coach sucks. Um, we know the story with you know the Jets. Uh, they're going to be the same old Jets. Uh, they didn't upgrade anything. That's going to be the story. But at least if they go out there and they fight and they look really competent, they could probably avoid that story come Monday morning. And I think all they have to do is just put points on the board. They can't go out there and lay another goose egg. I would like to know, you know, what, what what do teams do after they get shut out? Now, we don't have a whole hell of a lot of data on that because teams typically don't get shut out. But the fact that the Jets did get shut out, the fact that Zach Wilson hasn't looked good, I believe we're probably getting some value in, in one of these lines. And I believe it's probably the Jets team total. So I'll go ahead. I'll play that over. I will look for a 16 and a half right now. It looks like DraftKings has uh, 17 and a half up with juice to the under. So I'm guessing at certain books out there, uh, you can't find a 16 and a half. So I'll search for that. Uh, and I would probably make that, you know, a decent size bet. There may be a one unit play on the Jets over. As far as Tennessee is concerned, I don't really have any thoughts on them right now. I still think they're a good football team. Um, it's just they, they just don't have it going right now. So it's kind of a wait and see. Don't know if I trust them on the road. And I love what Dan said, you know, do they care to get margin here? Do they just want to go ahead and get a win and get the hell out of there? I feel like that's probably, you know, the way to go. Let's jump over to Pittsburgh. Let's jump over to Green Bay. My Green Bay Packers last week looked amazing. Uh, I was really happy to go ahead and see them win there against San Francisco. I know Smooth has other thoughts about that game. I'm sure he doesn't like seeing Devontae Adams or Aaron Rodgers. But let's be uh, realistic about the game at hand here. We got Pittsburgh on the road at Green Bay. Green Bay going to be laying minus six and a half. Total of 46. Smooth, I'll let you go ahead and have the floor. Um, I'm guessing you, you're you not going to be too happy with the Packers here, but are you going to go ahead and back them? Um, no, I'm not. Um, and this isn't any type of revenge for uh, for Sunday night. You know, credit to Aaron Rodgers. You know, he made some incredible passes right over the hand of, of Fred Warner. Uh, defense just couldn't come up with you know, one more play to close out that game in the last 30 seconds. But you know, this is one of my favorite uh, best bets of the week, you know, back in the Steelers. You know, I got him at seven. It's down to six, six and a half uh, right now. And I know a lot of people in the market is, is down on the Steelers, especially with the loss that they had, you know, last week against the Bengals, the team that they dominated uh, over the years in their in their own division. And, you know, the, you know, the takes, you know, around, you know, the, the media world, the football world is, you know, Big Ben is washed up and, you know, he should, he should retire and hang him up and, you know, things of that nature. 
and maybe he should, uh, but maybe he shouldn't. You know, uh, believe it or not, you know, he's faced some really tough defenses in the Bills, the Bengals, and the Raiders. They all rank average to above average when it comes to defensive yards per point and yards per play. Um, but for in the Packers' case, um, their defense is uh, a little worse than that. You know, they rank uh, second uh, tie, second to last when it comes to uh, defensive yards per point. So I think uh, Big Ben and the Steelers' offense will have, you know, more opportunities to put up uh, some more points. And then talking about them on the defensive side of the ball, um, I know that T.J. Watt has been, you know, limited in practice. But my guess is that he's going to suit up and play come Sunday uh, and be opposite side of Melvin Ingram. Um, so I think this the defensive front seven for the Steelers can get after that offensive uh, the offensive line for the Packers, who still have you know two rookies in that up front, and uh, David Bakhtiari is still out. So um, that'll be a big plus if T.J. Watt is able to get out there on the field and get after you know Aaron Rodgers a little bit. And I look for, you know, the Steelers to get the running game going a little bit more with Najee Harris. And, you know, the public's going to be all over the Packers here, seeing that they, you know, what they was able to do to my Niners Sunday night. So I think this is another great spot, you know, getting the Steelers when they're kind of, you know, their backs against the wall. Mike Tomlin, you know, as an underdog. So uh, I'll take the points with the Steelers. And I think they're live to to get an upset in this in this spot, too. You know, it's move I wouldn't disagree with you because I'm a Packers fan, and I can tell you right now, when it comes to teams like in the AFC that go into Green Bay, uh, Green Bay generally overlooks them, and this isn't exactly a good spot for them coming off that massive win. My only concern for Pittsburgh is Big Ben. I don't know what to make of him right now. He doesn't look good. You have to wonder if if the cliff is is here. That's my concern. Could he go on the road and, and get his team going? Uh, it looks like they're going to have Deontay Johnson back. I think that's going to be a big help for them. But I do worry. You know, I worry about Pittsburgh a little bit. But I think one of the things that, that really keeps me off Green Bay here is what you said, Smooth. It's Pittsburgh up against the wall. Mike Tomlin has an underdog. He understands the task at hand. There was a lot of panic that was going on, you know, throughout the last couple of days. And he basically said, like, look, I'm not pressing the panic button. We know what we have. We know what our goal is. We know what we need to do to get better. We know the pieces that we have and how to get everybody to perform. He's taken a a good look at what he has in front of him. And Tomlin is arguably probably one of the most underrated coaches. I want to say all time, not just in the league now, but all time. That dude's good. There's a reason why he has a job and why he's had a job there, you know, for a very, very long time. I would lean with you there, Smooth, to go ahead and take the points, but what worries me is Big Ben, and I don't want to go ahead and back Green Bay just because typically I know how they perform against AFC teams, and generally it's just not good. And when you said that, when you said that Pittsburgh was live, I, I, I always think that when it comes to AFC teams and Green Bay coming off of you know a particular game, and they are coming off a particular game. So uh, I'm going to go ahead – Leave it at that. I'll maybe figure that out over the next couple of days. But that's a game I'm, I'm kind of, you know, not struggling with, but I'm a little bit in between uh, finding some good wagers in that one. Dan, I'll let you go ahead, finish up. Steelers, Packers, what do you got? I came in to this pod thinking I want Green Bay, but you two have talked me off that ledge. I'll just lean that way. 
I have to see the Steelers injury report first. Watt probably plays, but I touched on it before already in this podcast. He has that groin injury. That's one of those soft tissue injuries that if you have it, it's pretty hard to get rid of in season. And I don't think the Steelers have their bye week for a while. So it's going to be a nagging injury. If he gets hurt, this Steelers has no pass rush at all. You saw it last week. How do you beat the Bengals? Do you get a pass rush? Joe Burrow looked comfortable all day in that pocket. I think Big Ben has finally gone up the cliff. You saw little bits of it last year toward the end of the year. The further he got in, he really started to struggle. The Steelers O-line is still an issue. Najee Harris is nice. I like him. But if your offensive line stinks, well, sucks to suck. The Steelers are going to probably be without their right tackle, Okafor. He got a concussion in week three. And I don't think he can turn around on the road for concussion protocols and play. So he's probably going to be out. Great Steelers offensive line. He's pretty much almost brand new on every single position. So this is a weak offensive line to start with. And he lost a guy. Deontay Johnson does come back. So does Juju Smith-Schuster. Or I think he's going to play at least. So the Steelers will get their weapons back. But I just don't trust the Steelers defense. And you guys nailed it. The Packers can't look more awesome after last week. So lean Packers only at six and a half at seven. I do think you either pass this game that seven and a half. I would lean Steelers. So you're kind of in that range where it depends on the number. But I'll lean Green Bay here. All right. So Dan's going to go ahead lean on Green Bay. I think one of the things after I think one of the things I thought about after you know I listen to everybody talk and listen to myself talk. Um, I feel like Pittsburgh's one of the teams that you could put in the bucket of we don't have any clue who the hell they are, what they're going to be, where they're going to end up. I feel like that's, you know, one of the teams that you could put in that particular bucket. So we'll see. You know, we'll see how everything shakes out. Uh, we went ahead, talked through eight games. Uh, solid stuff here. Felt like we had a couple good bets here for this particular podcast. But you guys know where to find us on Twitter at Sleepy underscore pregame at Dan Rivera 228 and at smooth underscore 702. With that said, I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck NFL week four. Enjoy the games. <laughs>